Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Daily Friend Wrap. I'm your host, Nicholas Lorimer, joined today by Mr. Michael Morris, and let's get into the news of today. So uh, this was an opinion piece by Peter Bruce, and I have been very critical of Peter Bruce in the past, particularly during his uh, brief Ramaphoria period. Uh, But I think that this opinion piece he's written is really good because it gets to the heart of something um, which is not acknowledged enough in our public debate. And I think there's a lot of things that he says here. He talks about the the title of the piece is The More It Fails, The More We Sing From It. And I think this is in uh, Business Live. Uh, The the thing he's referring to as us singing from it is the Patel Ramaphosa songbook. But the emphasis here is on on Minister Ibrahim Patel, who has been in the cabinet since 2009 and has been the architect of so many different failed policies. Peter Bruce points out in this thing recently, the Competition Commission and Ibrahim Patel's influences has um, put forward a raft of new regulations for online retailers, mostly targeted at the website Take A Lot, um, instructing it to be fairer to small retailers, to do more to support black business, uh, to favor local black owned hotels. This is uh, Google and Apple to favor local black owned hotels and stores and products uh, to provide free advertising to people. Uh, And so let me just quote a little bit from here. Take a lot of roaring success is now required, according to the commission, to adjust its business model to be more fair to smaller retails on its site and is required to do more to support black businesses joining the site by offering them expertise and financial discounts. It is interesting how the state manages this relationship with business. It routinely refers to the private sector as social partners, but routinely abuses it. So just as CEOs were getting ready to put their shoulders to the wheel again for the ANC government, the Competition Commission, a sharp policy weapon in the hands of Robert Pauz's most trusted cabinet colleague, Trade and Competition Minister Ibrahim Patel, ripped it pretty much all out of the private sectors, ripped into pretty much all of the private sector's most recent new age digital businesses. And Michael, I really think that Ibrahim Patel is in many cases a, a villain who has recognized in the story of South Africa's troubles over the last 10 years. I think that there's no, you can't completely divorce the fact that South Africa's economic fortunes began to turn around in 2009, just as Ibrahim Patel. Uh, one of the other stats here that uh, Peter Bruce has in his column is, um, you know, for example, that manufacturing's contribution to GDP has fallen for 16 straight years. Uh, that's kind of a crazy that's- number. It's an astonishing number um, and, and very telling. And yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think it's a very good column. Um, and to Peter's great credit, in recent months, uh, at least, perhaps in the past year or so, he has been hammering home sort of very basic truths about, um, about how the economy works uh, and, and, and what needs to be done. And I think this, um, this column is a, is a model um, of, uh, of that genre, if you like. Um, yes. He, he, yeah. I mean, he he makes this this point. You know, the the, the Patel Ramaphosa songbook, um, which includes this this magical sounding phrase, inclusive growth, and we hear this a lot uh, from an awful lot of people actually who ought to know better. Really, uh, it's quite, it often struck me as quite funny, just as a side, that as a non profit organisation, we spend so much time addressing the profit sector and telling them what it is that their business really amounts to. (laughs) What it amounts to is not inclusive growth, it's just doing their businesses as best as they can. That is what makes the biggest contribution to a country. Exactly. It's actually very difficult to have 
non-inclusive growth. If you have exactly. economic growth, it will almost always inevitably be at least uh, at least a little bit inclusive and generally it, very inclusive. There we go. There we go. And um, <laughs> and and Brett, uh, Peter Bruce, uh, comments here that you know inclusive growth is one of those phrases that Robert Pozzo tends to be very very fond of. Um, and uh, but he makes the point that you know once we ditch inclusive growth and once those CEOs at the presidential table because that's really in a way his key target are the people yes. who ought to know and in fact in their secret lives as CEOs do you actually know you've got to make a profit you've got to run your company properly you've got to reward merit you've got to focus on what actually matters that's how you grow and that's how you contribute to an economy um, he says once um, once we ditch the inclusive growth and once those CEOs at the president table stop nodding every time he says it we might, <laughs> yes. and that's actually uh we might actually we might actually get somewhere and, and here's this little thing that he says this is you know just focusing on 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 building the economy and and he says Let, let's call it transformation and growth because that is reasonably what the government wants you know is, is, is inclusive growth what we really want is you know growing the economy uh, it's much harder to say than inclusive growth and, and much harder to do. Um, right. And that's really the thing. It's, there's got to be plain talking in these uh, in these jamborees with, uh, between the government and, and, and the ANC, between the government and, and businesses, uh, especially the senior sort of CEOs, the senior people in the big companies, who, after all, depend on the economy functioning properly. Exactly. They don't appreciate how many people depend on them, you know, and that's all the rest of us. The entire country really depends on there being a rational, candid, uh, open-hearted discussion about what policy works and what policy doesn't. Exactly. And I think it's clear that uh, Ibrahim Patel's policies do not work and they yeah. have not worked. <laughs> and what's so malevolent about his influence in particular is that I, I think that he is genuinely committed. I think he really believes most of the things that he implements. Um, and I think that he is relatively good at doing it. Yeah. I just think they're really bad ideas and exactly. it's time for them to go. And one of the awful things, in a way, which I think our alternative proposals bring out, is that there is actually a need for empowerment and for doing corrective, you know, making corrective measures in the economy, which we we spell out that we are still living with the consequences of history because they simply haven't been dealt with properly in the past thirty years. What instead right. has happened is we had this inclusive growth that benefits people who are already rich and well-off and well-connected, and it's left the vast, immiserated mass stuck with joblessness and the, the low economic figures that you mentioned. Um, and, you know, exactly, really, as, as, as Peter Bruce points out, yeah. Yeah, inclusivity is always reduced to simply race alone. There we go. Uh, which there is not go. really yeah. getting to the to the to the nub of the problem at all. No. no. Okay, let's move on to our next topic, and this is... Uh, some a denial from the South African Revenue Service, SARS, which was accused during the EFF's gala dinner by Julius Malema of meeting with President Cyril Ramaphosa to investigate the attendees of the EFF's gala dinner and sponsors. Um, and sort of the implication here was that Cyril was going to use the, uh, the, the tax service to destroy the EFF from behind the scenes. And my question to you, Michael, is why hasn't the government done that? Now, I'm pretty sure that if SARS went looking, they could find something there in the EFF's uh, uh, finances. I, 
I, it's always so, you know, the EFF can bus thousands and thousands of people into the FNB stadium and can fill the thing up. And it has huge advertising campaigns and it's got all this money sloshing about and it can use helicopters during campaign events. And yet it says it survives almost entirely off of its relatively modest uh, parliamentary uh, 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 stipend. Um Hmm, it's a little bit suspicious. I don't know. Why do you think that SARS has kind of been a little bit slow uh, to to go after the EFF? Yeah, it is. It is worrying, and I, and I think especially as the average taxpayer, I think has a distinct sense that SARS is paying just a little more attention to them, to every little yeah. sense that they earn, um, and uh, you know they. If they're going by the book, I, I trust, with, with the rest of us. But there is the sense that they really are focusing a lot of attention on getting, squeezing every cent uh, out of hard-working, tax-paying, um, saving middle-class people who are really trying their best um, and are, are being squeezed hard. And so, yeah, it, it, there is a bit of a contrast here. People who seem to have a hell of a lot of money uh, sloshing around, very conspicuous consumption, um, not embarrassed about it. Uh, it does it does strike one as a little bit suspicious. I don't, you know. and, and, and to make it even more interesting, of course, now we have this public transparency on who political parties get their money from above a certain amount. Um, and that's that those quarterly, those figures are made available by the IEC. And very often the EFF gets nothing from the yeah. donors. Uh, maybe every that, now and again yeah. they get some money from a big corporate, but generally speaking, it's not much. So no. where is all the money coming from? <laughs> Indeed, and I mean, you, you know, you look at that quite impressive razzmatazz at the weekend. Uh, uh, that must have cost a, a pretty penny, I would have thought. Um, Indeed. So this is clearly not not uh, pocket money that's funding. I don't like normally that. ask for for SARS to, uh, to 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 look into taxes because I kind of <laughs> I'm not a big tax guy, but I don't know. I feel like yeah. actually I would be slightly comforted if Sir Robert Wasa had been meeting with the commissioner. <laughs> but, yes, uh, that's. A that's um, yeah. yeah, that's neither, neither here nor there. Um, mm. Let's move uh, very briefly to our last story. And we finally have a cause for the explosion of uh, formerly known as Bree Street in Johannesburg. Where the street blew up and killed someone. And thankfully, no one else was killed, although a lot of people were injured. Um, it's been two weeks. It's a bit slow to get the, the news, but it looks like there was a methane gas explosion, possibly caused by methane leaking from old underground tunnels, which litter Johannesburg. This, uh, these tunnels were opened up apparently by a minor earthquake, which we'd had a few weeks before that. And one of the reasons that the explosion happened was apparently because all of the manhole covers had been welded down to prevent access to the cable lines underneath and prevent cable theft. It's kind of a tale of modern South Africa, don't you think? Mm, very, very. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just kind of graphic, very grim illustration of the consequences of um, of the kinds of things that the society has, you know, essentially tolerated. We've tolerated a government for 30 years who's crime-fighting and and uh, efforts to, to stop cable theft and metal theft and the illegal metal trade have been woefully inefficient, insufficient. Um, yes. And, you know, criminals have been encouraged. Uh, criminality is uh, perceived to be something you can get away with without consequences. And then you have, you know, desperate measures such as the welding down of these things, and which then, you know, manifest in... Uh, in unusual in, ways. In, mm, very unusual ways. Uh, yeah, I don't think yeah. Any, anyone saw this coming. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was perhaps some more bad governance reasons for this uh, on top of this that we have yet to learn. But uh, yeah. still clearly a... Uh, 
clearly, I think it's yet another stress that we're undergoing from the difficulties. Yeah. Um, with, with bad management, with bad governance. But uh, that's all the time we have for today. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, all I can say is that's a wrap.